0: I want to give this definition. There is one given by the American bishops. Uh, It's in in their minutes and all that, but it's also in a little book they put out called Springtime of the Church or something like that. But the American bishops give a definition of baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is very close to the one I'm going to give you right now. It's an awareness, you see, of the work of Christ, the presence of Christ. It isn't a, you know, like a, walking with your head in the clouds. It's just an awareness, a place to go when you're fighting with sin, to let the love of Christ, the power of Christ, take over. This is, I mean, a grace of revelation by which the Holy Spirit reveals to the spirit of the believer the divine lordship of Jesus Christ, conferring personal and intimate faith knowledge of him as son of God, present in the heart of the believer and head over his body, the church. This revelation is a source of power and conviction, in order to bear effective witness to what has been received and to carry out this witness with the signs appropriate to it. When the thing first started, my goodness, we had healings and also, you know, all over the place. Uh, those are the signs. Uh, our Lord said, so "These are the signs which accompany the believers." Right? They will pray in tongues. They will uh, put their hands on sick and they'll get better. It's right at the end of Mark, uh, these signs. Normal. Okay. Uh, Now, uh, the key is this word, awareness. And that does not mean, like, caught up into the seventh heaven, or, uh, like, blown away by... Sometimes people do get blown away, but it's... A simple, quiet awareness of the Lord which grows. And that is why, really, and I've been a spiritual director now for, I've never tried to count, 23, 23, from 81, 3 from 11, about 50 some odd years. And the turning point in a life is when this dawns on somebody and they are aware of the Lord. In a quiet way. Not all the time. And that kind of awareness will then go for a while because it's uh, in the level of uh, spiritual growth it's like listening to rock and roll. It's really exciting. Where you want to go is to listen to Beethoven. And that takes a whole process of purification of the inner person. Uh, through life. Just life. You don't have to do anything except try to serve the Lord. Okay. Um, the motive for desiring change is love this is the key this is the way the Lord wins us over so that we're saying to him Lord I will trade you any sin I've got if I can just know you better it's that desire see that love that's the work of God the Father as Augustine points out that's the atroxio you see um the convicting word of the Holy Spirit is accepted. See your sin? There's sorrow for sin. But now it's not seen as a dangerous infraction of the law of a remote God, but a personal refusal of His grace. I am sorry that I have done this, God. But I'm really sorry. I'm not just, I better say I'm sorry because I want to get forgiven. You know? This is what he holds out. And this is why the Pope is saying now the whole church has to be evangelized okay um, I just want to read you a few more lines and then try to discuss um, um, I thought you would appreciate well this line Teresa Avila went through this huh I mean she joined the convent she was young she hung around the parlor a lot and chatted with friends and relatives and drank her cup of tea Until one day, the Lord, who loved her immensely, gave her a vision of where she'd be in hell if she didn't shape up. Very kind. And it scared the hell out of her, exactly. And she tried. Well, first thing she had to do was pray. She said, that was so hard. I had an hourglass. It took an hour for the sand to go from the top to the bottom. I'd put it down there and i start praying. And I kept my... All the time, I could hardly wait for that last grain of sand to go down. That's where she started, you see. But with that overcoming, that overwhelming vision, she had. She was conscious, you know. I got to change, and little by little. Why was that? So that she would never have any tickets on herself. If you read her life, her own autobiography. You know, if there's anybody who just says it like it is. You know, it's, it's Teresa of Avila. You know. And that's why when she talks about her visions her transforming union it's still that same strong but humble person talking god did all this you know In fact, the famous story because he purified her and it hurt she was riding in this cart going from carmel to carmel to to reform them and she the little hort donkey was dragging the scar and he went through a brook Right in the middle of the brook, the wheel came off and it called plunk. She fell right in the brook, in the water. The Lord showed up. She she said, "What? why did you let this happen? And he said, that's the way I treat my friends. She said, well, it's no wonder you have so few of them. But wouldn't you like to have that kind of intimacy with Jesus? Love him and be so flat out obedient to him that you can talk like a friend? Do you know how much he wants that? And these, you see, this teaching of Romans 6 is like baby steps. Let's get the, some of the sin out of our life so that we can do this. Uh, so, uh, I want to read you this passage from her life, chapter 39. Once when I was very restless and upset, unable to recollect myself, battling and striving, turning all the time and thought to things that were not perfect, and imagining that I was not as detached as I used to be, I was afraid, seeing how wicked I was, that the favors which the Lord read in me might be illusions. In short, my soul was in great darkness. While I was distressed in this way, the Lord began to speak to me and told me not to be troubled. The state in which I found myself would show me how miserable I should be if he withdrew from me. While we lived in the flesh, we are never safe. I was shown how well our time is spent in warring and struggling for such a prize, and it seemed to me that the Lord was sorry for us who live in the world. But he added, I was not to think myself forgotten, for he would never leave me. Though I myself must do all that lay in my power. This the Lord said to me tenderly and compassionately. Do you hear the realism of the Lord? Yeah, look, there's a lot of sin in your life, and it's going to cost something to get rid of it. But I will never leave you. I will never leave you. That is the power of the cross, you see. That is the power of baptism. And how it's assimilated, but it has to be conscious. So that means, you see, if we're not praying, it can never happen. Now, I know a lot of people, especially in the early days of this grace when the Lord poured it out. I forgot the numbers now hundred and some, I forgot, 190, 280, I forgot, million Catholics have shared this grace, you see. I remember a friend of mine, he's an engineer, and he uh, went into the uh, hotel room, he was at a meeting of engineers, and he was in the hotel, and he opened up the Gideon Bible. And the text just hit him so hard. And he began to pray. And that was the beginning of his conversion, which was a very serious conversion. It's a man with ten kids, and he had to raise them all with his wife, of course. But why uh, was he ever changed? Uh, and that's the one who said to his friend, "You ought to pray." Oh, look, I'm, I'm, I belong to the parish council. You know, I, I've told you the story before, and uh, You know, I, I'm a vice president at an IBM, and I mean, I got things to do. And this first one said to the other, "Do me a favor. Give me 15 minutes a day." He knew. See. So he did. A couple of months later he saw me and well, how's it going? He said, I'm praying an hour a day. He said, I thought you didn't have the time. The other one said, it got to be a hunger. You hear that attraction? The Lord pulls on us. The Lord pulls on us. Well, he hasn't done it to me yet. Stick it out. I promise you he will. I promise you he will. It's just that we try for a week and then we, ah, bag it. I'm not supposed to be a spiritual person. I got stuff to do. And that's a big illusion. And that's why this chapter 6, you see, is so powerful. Thanks be to God that you who were slaves to sin, with a capital S at one time, but you gave obedience from the heart to the pattern of teaching to which you were entrusted. You hear that? It doesn't say the pattern of teaching entrusted to you. The pattern of teaching mean the gospel. No. You are entrusted to the gospel. Gospel, take care of this person. Let this person study you, be enlivened by you. You see? Uh, you were freed from sin and you became slaves to justice. I'm speaking now in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh, but it's a good illustration, you get it, okay? Just as you presented your members of slave to sin, to uncleanness, to lawlessness, for a life of lawless lawlessness, no law, so now present your members as slaves to justice for a life of holiness when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to justice. What fruit did you have then from the things of which you are now ashamed? Right? For the goal of these things is death. Not just now, forever. You keep going this way, you know. Wasting your time, drinking too much, you know, uh, sinning, maybe not faithful to your spouse, stealing, whatever you're doing, look out. The fruit of that is eternal death. Well, I've already been baptized. Yeah, now it's time to renew it. Not just at a ceremony at Easter. It's a big help. But in your heart, give your life over to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I'm a disaster. And you are. Help me. That's the first step. Okay. For the goal of these things is death, but now freed from sin, that whole complex we're talking about, but made slaves to God, you have your fruit leading to holiness, and the goal is eternal life. And you know this next line, for the wages of sin. What, what 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 wages does sin pay? You want to hang around with sin? You'll get paid. What is that? Death. But the grace gift, not the wages, the gift, you don't earn it, of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's the way he ends chapter 6. You see? So freedom from sin is what? It's the power of the indwelling Jesus Christ who loves us. And he placed himself there. We were co-planted with him. You remember the opening lines of chapter 6. We're co-planted. We're grafted onto him. So his life becomes our life. And unless we turn from him, it's there. Now, we have to take the time and the trouble to turn to him, to pray, and then... When, when we're tempted to sin, or when we see ourselves in a habit pattern of sin, to turn it over to Him. You know, I think I gave you this example last time, but there's the principle of change, you see. If right now I'm sinning in the same way I was three or four or five months ago, there's something wrong. I should be changing. Not on my own willpower, I can't change. But by the power of the living Christ, who dwells in me, fixed in the act of love in which he died. And as Paul reminds us, when you were baptized, you were baptized into that death, that act of love, that overwhelming power of love for the Father and love for the human race. Now it's you're grafted into it. Call on it. And you will see yourself die to sin. You will see yourself die to sin. I remember, I told you this story once before. I was teaching this at at a university and a young woman raised her hand and said you mean you can change i said yeah that's just what i mean so of course i got her after class and what do you mean by that she said look my father is an alcoholic and i've seen him beat my mother so many times that i'm angry all the time i can't go to communion i'm angry all the time i can't go i said do this turn that over to the power of the cross and yield to it you know Three or four weeks later, there's already a smile on her face. I didn't have to ask her what happened. I could see what happened. She began to experience the power of Christ to change her life, and she started going to communion. Now, she lives up, I don't know, New York, New Jersey, someplace like that. She's, I'm sure married, has children. When she's talking to the Lord, to their children about the Lord, she knows what she's talking about. That's the grace for all of us.